Divorce is not an option podcast. Stephen James Dixon, relationship extraordinaire, was not able to connect with my partner in crime, Tamara Glassby, to record a new episode this week. But you know how we do. We're going to submit to you more chapters from the world-renowned timeless classic men don't heal we ho understand people been enjoying the book i've been getting some purchases so this is not all that bad appreciate people going out and purchasing on google play amazon itunes um all those places this week giving you chapter seven and chapter eight chapter seven is called back in a dating game chapter eight is called all women are the same if you subscribe to the Divorce Not Option podcast, then you can go back and listen to the first three chapters of the audiobook in episode four, and then you can listen to chapters four, five, and six in episode five. And so then last week, episode six um, was Why I Married a Black Woman. Um, very controversial. A lot of good feedback. Uh, appreciate that. Appreciate you guys sharing it with your friends and family on your social networks. Um, Please, though, make sure that you subscribe on a podcast network such as iTunes, Google Play, Spreaker. Uh, you can even subscribe on YouTube, um, SoundCloud. Um, I'm, I'm everywhere where, where there are podcast platforms. So please subscribe on those places and not just listen on Facebook. So I need you guys to help me out with that. That's the only way a brother get paid. So I need that look. I need that subscription. I need that follow and keep sharing. Um, speaking of marriage, uh, building off episode six last week, why I married a black woman. Um, episode seven today, like I said, I'm going to give you those chapters for free. But what I want to try to do too, uh, in addition to giving those chapters, is also give you like a word, uh, feed the beast. Like I, like I said, like I try to give... Um, what is on my spirit for the given week in relationship coaching. So for this week, um, I got kind of a funny story um, about my relationship point this week. I call it the don't get divorced bullet point for today, right? So the don't get divorced bullet point for today is being able to give each other space for frustration, disappointment, and even confusion, that's the point for this week. Being able to give each other space for frustration, disappointment, and confusion. And so what that means is we all heard people say that marriages have ups and downs and that nothing is perfect and it's hard work and blah, blah, blah. We've heard all that, right? But what I try to do here on Divorce Not Option is I try to really break that information down so you not only know those things but you can apply those concepts and theories to your everyday marriage i try to give examples that you can kind of remember that are simple that you can really um uh, you know kind of uh let them resonate in your spirit and be a part of you know your walk and your marriage and your trials and your tribulations for your relationships hopefully to help you become more successful um the example i have for this week is today my lovely wife lamisha lachelle dixon 11 years strong hung up in my face Bam, slammed the phone down, hung my face, boom, get it, right? And so, of course, everybody's like, oh my God, you know, that's listening right now. Like, you the relationship coach. You relationship extraordinaire. You relationship beast. You Stephen James Dixon, CNN, Essence, Tom Jordan, Michael Bates, all this. Why you get hung up on, right? And the thing about it is, by the time my wife hear this, she probably won't even remember what happened today. And, and 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 really what happened was and the reason why I got hung up on and I deserved it 
Uh, I'm one of those dudes, I plan things, I plan everything. Every day I got like 10 things I need to get done to get through my day. And a lot of times I'm scheduling things that my wife has to participate in without her knowledge. So like um, today it was, I had to schedule an electrician, um, trying to get some electrical work done at the house. So, so, but I'm going to be in relationship coaching and I always run over and I'm afraid that the electrician is going to come while I'm still in relationship coaching. So I need my wife to stay home and deal with the electrician just in case. So that's eight to 12, but my coaching is from 10 to 11, right? Or tomorrow at the rental property, they're coming to uh, look at the carpet, and see if we got to repair it, clean it, whatever we got to do. And I have a radio spot to do that's right around the window. And and I scheduled the carpet people before I knew about the radio spot. So again, I might not make it to, to that situation, right? And then the third day, I'm getting an upgrade on security. Again, right in the middle of some relationship coaching and I might not be able to make it. I'm not sure. I always, number one, as a man, as a husband, I don't like my wife being around no dudes especially dudes I don't know who come in to fix stuff at the house and you know all that kind of stuff I really don't like that and so if I'm not there when they get there I do plan on being there at some point during you know the activity or whatever's being repaired and 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 additionally what I do is or what my wife does is she always calls me in front of the repair person and says hey husband Kevin's here to work on the carpet or Todd's here to work on the utilities or whatever just so that man knows that there's another man in that woman's life right and, and she'll even say hey you'll be here in 30 minutes or whatever or 10 minutes or whatever we, we always try to say things like that just so you know that man knows not to try no hanky panky I definitely advise all my single women or wives that have to do things like that to do things like that right and so what happened is um, I make all these plans and arrangements for my wife and I didn't tell her in advance that drives her crazy I know it drives her crazy I don't know why I do it um I I was planning a lot I got a whole bunch of stuff going on right now and I can't say I forgot um but I just didn't want to tell her and I knew I needed her to do it and I was trying to figure out how to make it come out a nice way or something like that I don't know I dropped the ball I'm I'm making excuses right now whatever I didn't tell her right got the phone smashed in my face now that's not even the moral to the story the moral to the story is that my wife and I ain't tripping off that man like she not walking around now angry for three days I'm not all emotional because she hung up in my face when I got home she was like honey what do you want to eat you know, we wasn't even thinking about that. No apology was needed. Um, I'm apologizing now just because I need to, just because y'all podcast people are listening or whatever. But my wife and I are so past that, man. So we are not worried about none of that foolishness, none of none of that childishness. It's childish to be angry and frustrated over every single little thing that makes your marriage bad. Like that makes your marriage, it almost sets your marriage up for failure. It's impossible to be perfect. None of us are perfect. I'm not perfect. She's not perfect. We're not going to have a perfect perfect marriage. So therefore, it's more important how we handle frustration, disappointment, and confusion. And the way we handle it in our marriage is we give each other the benefit of the doubt. That's what we do. My wife knows I had no ill will. I had no malice intent. I wasn't trying to do her any harm. I know that when she hung up the phone, it was more playful, like, ugh, he get on my nerves. You know, it was more, you know, she's just hanging up, like, and, and it was what it was at that point. And she's going to do everything I needed to do because she's wonderful like that. And she got my back at all times. So there's no point in us 
carrying on with this thing where we emotional for two, three days and not talking over something stupid like this. We just moved past all that stuff so long ago. And I really don't even know if any of that stuff was ever an issue in our marriage because neither one of us are like that. Neither one of us are those type of people who get mad over simple things. We have so many more complex things that require our attention or require our emotions. That's not going to be one of them. And so that's my main point for this week is if you're going to be married, you cannot be emotional, right? Matter of fact, we need to just call this, this, this episode that you, that the episode title, you're too emotional to be a spouse, right? You're too emotional to be a spouse. We need our spouses to have control of their emotions we need our spouses to know when it's appropriate to be angry when it's appropriate to be upset when it's appropriate to be just mad and hurt and all those more sensitive emotions we need our spouses to know that that's not necessary for every single issue in the household i couldn't even tell you the last time me and my wife had an argument because we just don't get down like that we're not argumentative people um and i'm very combative i'm very i debate all the time with people but with her we seem to understand each other get eye to eye and more importantly we give each other room to have space for disappointment frustration confusion and we always give each other the benefit of the doubt Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Going to get you guys over to chapter 7 and 8 of the audiobook now. Divorce is not an option. Stephen James Dixon, Tamara Glaspie. We definitely will have something new for you guys next week. It's already in the works. Thanks for listening. Chapter 7, Back in the Dating Game. I'm going to have to cut down on my hoe intake. I am surrounding myself with so many hoes that I think I'm becoming dumb about a minute. Because of these whole conversations, I have compiled for you today my top 10 whole conversations. Drum roll, please. I said drum roll. Man, how, how much are we paying him? Okay, uh, whole conversation. Look, okay, so whole conversation is when I'm talking to a hoe and our conversation is, is crazy. It's, just check out the top 10. This is what one of them will say to me. I'm taking a break from school right now. But I will get back in school soon. What do you think I should study? Number nine. I have to find a way to get the hookup on some weave so I can get my hair rewoven. What is rewoven? Number eight. I don't understand why my mama won't watch her grandchildren for free. Number seven. Do you mind keeping my son for a little bit while I run to the store? If a man come over here, don't say nothing. Be quiet. Get low. Don't answer the door. He will leave when he get tired of knocking. Number six, I am so mad at my baby daddy because he won't have anything to do with our son because he looked like his best friend. I told him that his best friend, Lil Woozy, is not the father. I slept with Lil Woozy, but we use prophylactics. Number five, if they say something to me one more time about being late to that job, I swear I quit that job. They just doing it like that because they, they know I need the job. I hate when people act like that. Number four. She was my girl until I slept with her man. I can't believe she tripping like this over no man. Let no man come between us. Number three. Why do these bill collectors keep calling me about this little bill? This ain't even no real money. Why they tripping off that? Shoot. Number two. Can you change my oil? I wouldn't ask for no money. You know, I ain't that type of woman. But if you can change my oil, that would help a sister out. And number one. Can you see yourself marrying a woman like me? But I'm like, use a hoe. These whole conversations are wearing me out. And they always have to take place after sex. If we could have these conversations before sex, maybe I'd make a better decision on whether or not I should have sex with you at all. Maybe I would have decided that you are too dumb to have sex with. 
What if I get you pregnant? I have to limit the amount of hoes on my team. I need to adjust my hoe ratio. That's the ratio of women to hoes. For every hoe I date, I must date two women that I can have intellectually stimulating conversation with. So I'm at a party, right? I establish which women are hoes and which hoes are women. I see someone that looks very interesting. Very cute, nice shape, classy look. But before I do that, let me interrupt myself and say something to the women about dating. I call this segment a word with the ladies. Fellas, y'all can listen in. Y'all know I'm keeping it real. My lady friends around the world who are listening to this right now. Listen to this and know that this is the truth. When a man first lays eyes on you, he's not thinking about any of that stuff you think about. He's not thinking about any of that stuff you want him to think about. He's not thinking about nothing positive. He's thinking about one thing and one thing only, and that is sex. So I'm going to give you right now the top 10 things that we're not thinking about when we meet you. Again, I said not thinking about. Number 10, if I could only be friends with her. We ain't thinking about that. Number nine, she looks so responsible. We can care less about how responsible you are. Number eight, I bet that we could just talk and talk and talk on the phone all night long. We don't want to talk on the phone all night long. Number seven, I would marry her right now. Okay, occasionally we have this thought, but it's only about strippers. Number six, it doesn't matter how many kids she got. She just so fine. You know it matter how many kids you got, right? Number five, she can have all my money. Again, this only applies to strippers. Number four, she looks very supportive. Number three, I could see myself in a relationship with her. Y'all know we ain't trying to see that. Number two, I bet she was raised right. Won't be caring how you was raised. Number one, I would never cheat on her. You know that's a lie. You know we ain't thinking about that. I'm sorry, ladies. Men just don't think about these things. They don't. We don't think the same things y'all think. Men are visual. We don't think with our eyes. We visualize. We visualize you naked. Maybe in year, maybe in the year three thousand, we'll be able to be friends first. But for now, you best be fly when I see you. Now let's get back to the story about me chilling at the party. So I roll up on Shorty, right? I put my Mac down, playing it cool, friendly, humble, not pimpish at all, because you know I usually roll with my swag and got my pimp with me. Very, very cool. Very down to earth. I'm looking good. I'm smelling good. I bypass interviewing because she was fine. Forget all that stuff I said about interviewing and being friends before dating. We were dancing. She got moves. We are dancing close. Y'all know when we dance close, right? I poker. She liked it. We having fun. She feeling me. She single. I get the math. Back and forth, she's playing at coy. I'm playing it cool, too. Hold up, wait. She trying to run game on me. I like that. I like that. I accept the challenge. Initially, I was just looking for something steady. Now I want her. I like her. She's earned my respect by not throwing it at me. I'm used to women just handing over their bag of cookies on the first date. Straight up, seriously, 65% of the time, I smash the cookies on the first date. We up to 80% of the time on the second date. If I got to wait longer than a second date, it's because your cookies are stale. It can't be the kid. I'm fresh. I know how to make it tingle without even touching it. In fact, I'm dating her exclusively. She has all my attention. I'm totally focused on her. She dating some other buster, but he live out of town, so I don't really care. I mean, she ain't been out of town, so he can't be that important. I figure the more she dates him, the more she's going to see that I'm the man for her. I'm not dating anyone else right now because I've actually matured, and I've been taking a long, hard look at myself. Been thinking about what I can do to go to the next level with this woman. Assigning titles. You dig? We're not there yet. Still getting to know each other. But I get a really good vibe from her. So I'm driving by her crib one day and I give her a call. I fall through her spot. We chop it up. We take it to the couch. Watch a little Martin. Do a little kissing. Discuss current events. Do a little clothes burning. 
listening to some music. That's right. I said clothes burning. Dry humping. We doing all that. That's right. I still do that. It's a form of foreplay. You do it too. Stop fronting. Big Worm is ready. But I negotiate a timetable with Big Worm. I let Big Worm know that this time is not the time. I play it cool. It's getting late. She asked me to stay tonight. We go into the bedroom. I literally rip my clothes off. Your man is naked before she can even flip the light on to remove the throw pillows from the bed. I guess my nakedness in. Whoa, wait, James. I want you to stay tonight, but I'm not ready to be intimate yet. I walk over and grab both of her hands as a show of sincerity. Big Worm is pointing right at her. Monique, I know you're not ready yet. It's okay, baby. We can wait until the time is right for both of us. <laughs> Whatever. Put your clothes on, boy. I sleep naked, woman. Shoot, uh, don't, don't touch me. I won't touch you. A simple goodnight kiss. Not too much. I poked her thigh, though. I play sleep, but Big Worm is wide awake. Big Worm knows the drill. He's going to chill. Let Monique make the first move. Okay, it's time to have a segment with the fellas. Ladies, y'all can listen in. Here we go. Uh, fellas, if you pimp as you wait. Like I said, you let them make the first move. You naked already. She knows it. If you've been in the gym getting your workout on, then the woman is not going to resist having a fine man with the long stroke laying in bed with her. Be patient. Wait. Hold up. Rewind. This method is not for everybody. If you ain't been in the gym, you might have to go ahead on and make the first move, player. Now, as I was saying, I chill. I play sleep nonchalant, waiting for the shoulder tap. Waiting for the shoulder tap. Waiting for her to tap my shoulder. Uh-oh. Is that what I feel, a tap? I chill. Let her tap some more. I'm still chilling like I'm asleep. I'm a G. I'm waiting on her to make the first move. She rolls me over aggressively, deliberately. Ooh, she got strong hands. I roll over. Big worm, arise. I softly and tenderly grab her and put her ass in the Heimlich maneuver. It's popping in this joker. Now, it's the Olympics in this joke. First, we got the 100-meter dash. It's hard and fast. We going, we going, we going, we going long. It's the long jump. It's the long stroke. I done jumped onto it. I, I'm jumped on it. I'm in it. I'm around it. I'm stroking it long. I'm happy. It's hammer time now. She a lightweight, so I'm tossing and slinging that ass all around the room. It's going down wrestling, all kind of headlocks and shoulder straps and finger fold leg locks. It's gymnastics. Successful dismount. Score, perfect 10. How do I know I scored a perfect 10, you ask? Couple hours later, tap, tap, tap. Hey, mister, can you do to me what you did to me earlier, please? <laughs> Don't smack me on the ass, though. That hurt. As soon as I get behind her, I reach back as far as I can, as far up as I can, unscrew the light bulb, swing through that ass. By swing through, I mean a full swing so I can then backhand that ass on the way back to screwing the light bulb in. If you're hitting it right, you can hit it however you want to hit it. I said so. There's no more talk about me not smacking that ass. I determine what to do with asses. She has clawed so deeply through the mattress and into the box spring that I can actually see the popping off of fingernails. Things are going well. She's putting on a good show. I'm fronting. Our representatives like each other. We are having an excellent time. Start going places together in public. Start spending quality time together. We are even holding hands in public, y'all. It's all good. She feeling me. I'm feeling her. I got to fight back my feelings for her, actually. She's cut off her entire team except for that one cat out of town. 
We continue getting to know each other. I meet the family. No commitment, though. She tells the family that we are just dating. Her saying that we are just dating makes me want to take the next step. Right when I'm about to make my move and put our thing on lock, I get the first sign of danger. The only problem is, you know how we do when we want something. We ignore that sign and want even more what we can't have. One day she comes to my spot. I put it on her. You already know how I get down. Then she rolls over. I tap her on the shoulder. I put it on her again. And I'm about to tell her how it's going to be. Right as I begin to spring this excellent news on her, she beats me to the punch. Pops her own news on me. She has to go out of town next weekend for a job interview. Cool, where are you going, I ask. You need me to drop you off at the airport? Mm, that would be great if you would see me off. It's an interview with a pharmaceutical sales company, and I'm pretty nervous. It's a career change for me and a good opportunity. Well, I'm sure you're going to get the job. First of all, you're cute and sexy, but you're also very smart, intelligent, and witty. You're qualified. You'll do fine. Well, the interview's in San Diego, and I wanted you to know that I'm going to be crashing at my ex-boyfriend's house. I get the first sign to run, but I chill. I have to be hard now. I have to be fake. I have to act like I don't care. I have to act like it's cool. It's no big deal. Have fun fucking your ex all weekend, I think to myself. What if she's trying to run game? Wait, she is running game. She has told me what she's going to do. She has executed her move. It's my move. Is she trying to run that Love Jones shit on me? Y'all remember when Nia pulled down a moving to New York shit? If you ain't seen that movie, you need to you need to just put my book down and just just go rent that movie right now. Does she want me to beg her not to go to San Diego? What does she want from me? Does she want me to put myself all the way out there? She must she must want me to make a commitment to her. That that has to be it. But most women just say what they want. Why is she playing games? Is she really gonna go? What if this is a game? She playing games, so I'm gonna put on my game face. Bring out my A game. I don't want her to go. I'm just going to keep it real. I'm going to devise a plan to make her stay. She's going out of town on Friday. So I suggest dinner at my spot on Thursday. I could take her to the airport the next morning. Thursday afternoon, I'm redecorating the crib. I got candles, fresh flowers, a new painting. You know how I get down when I got a major date. I get the meat marinating, pick up a gift from Victoria's Secret. I'm ready. I'm going to put my best foot forward. If I'm going to lose this woman, it will be with guns blazing. I don't know if this is some type of test or what's going on, but I'm not taking any chances. I'm going to let her know that I'm about her. I'm about it. I'm about, I'm about everything. Let's do it. After dinner, I'm going to put this stroke on her, and on Friday morning, she will not be able to walk through the airport. She's going to need a wheelchair or some type of assistance if she still goes. Okay, so I'm going to pick up Monique, right? I, I got to get cleaned up. New drawers, new clothes, you know how I do, right? So I'm over there. She opens the door. Single kiss. Booty squeeze. I pack her things into the car, and we ride. Got that key sweat on, make it last forever. New addition, B Brown, Troop Guy, all on rotation. We get to the crib, I blow her mind, I set it out, I'm smooth. Everything goes perfectly. We commence the love making, but I don't beat it up this time. We're not doing the Olympics. I unveil something new, some 09 shit in this present day 01. I unveil the no sweat technique. Let me explain. It's slow, it's easy, it's the no sweat technique, no sweating allowed. You concentrate on your stroke, on your stroke, on your stroke. You concentrate on your stroke, on your stroke, on your stroke. Concentrate, focus, it's your motion. Rock the boat, rock the boat. Your center of attention is the entry angle. We working on our angles now, step your game up. You take her breath away without making her lose her breath. Wait, did I just say that? That shit was dope. Hold on. What I said was, you take her breath away without making her lose her breath. Then you give her the gift. Pink nighty. 
Surely you didn't went all night long, so breakfast has got to go down. But if breakfast don't wake her up, then you're not cooking it right. She should smell it. If she leaves after all this, she was never going to be mine anyway. He can have her back. I can't believe she left. No call over the weekend. I pick her up from the airport on Monday. She gets in the car. Small talk. Uncomfortable talk. I take her home. I'm off to work. I call later in the day and I leave a message. She returns my call. I don't answer. I don't feel the same. I need to chill and just gather my thoughts before I make my next move. I'm tripping. She not my woman. Tuesday comes and goes. Wednesday she comes by the crib. We watch a movie. Small talk, uncomfortable talk. Thursday and Friday come and go. Saturday, I didn't had enough. I think it through. I'm not going to get left. I do the leaving. I'm going to be a man about this. I'm going to put it on out there. I tell her exactly how I feel. I let her know that she don't She don't need to go out of town. What she needs is local. I'm going to let her know, see what's up. Find out where we are, what the deal. If she stalls me, then she waiting on him. If she waiting on him, I can't wait on her. I'm bouncing right then and there. It's been six months. That's long enough for her to know what she want to do. Monique, I'm ready for our relationship to be exclusive. How do you feel about that? Really? I'm feeling you, but what are you trying to say exactly? We have been getting to know each other for a while now. I feel good about us. I'm not seeing anyone else. I wanted to know if you're willing to make that sacrifice with me. I'm not dating anyone in town, only out of town. So what are you saying? (sighs) I think we may be moving too fast. I like spending time with you, but I feel like we're just getting to know each other. That's it. Okay. Uh. All right. Cool. I respect that. It's just that I don't date women who are dating ex-boyfriends at the same time. So what are you saying? That I don't date women that date ex-boyfriends? Monica wasn't willing to give up her ex for me, so I had to bounce. Out of this experience comes a bit of advice for women and men. If you're dating someone who's seeing someone else, beware. I went into the relationship knowing the situation, that she was seeing another dude who lived out of town. But I thought that when I was ready to have Monique for myself, she'd be ready to dump him. Not so. But I had nobody to blame but myself, really. After all, it was no secret that she was dating someone else. But the crucial piece of information that I gathered, and the real reason why I left Monique, was because of the fact that the other person that she was dating was an ex-boyfriend. I advise you to not date people that are still dating their ex-boyfriends or ex-girlfriends. There are pre-existing feelings there. You cannot compete with that. The pre-existing feelings will win out every time over the new interest and the new friendship. I got out of there as quickly as possible once I figured that out. I'm not about to be in no competition. Chapter 8. All women are the same. I was really hurt over Monique, but I got out of that situation before I got my heart broken. I am not the emotional mess I was after Denise, but I do hate all these bitches. I have tried twice to love a woman. Both times I lost. I left, but I lost. I made an emotional investment, and I did not get any return on my investment. When I moved to Dallas, all of the women in Dallas were in trouble. Shoot, now, Dallas is not even big enough for me. I need to have at least two or three in every major city in Texas. Monique got my game tight. People seeing me with Monique put my name on a map in Dallas. Respect, swagger, inner circle. Now I'm picking from the best babes in Dallas. Same game, just upper-class hoes now. Branching out statewide, baby. One in San Antonio, two in Austin. Ladies in Houston think I live there. I got so many women in Houston that I can't even go to Houston for the weekend. I got to stay a whole week. I need to just make sure I see all my play pals while I'm there. I'm making a name for myself. I'm getting around. Women are starting to talk bad about me, which is good because women love a dog. Ar, 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 ar. 
<laughs> Even the fellas are calling me a hoe. They mean hoe in a good way, though. It's a compliment. I thought that getting women was easy before. Now I could write a book about it. <laughs> yeah, I kind of did write a book about it. Um, check it out. So I can give you a step-by-step procedure to follow. I can break it down. How to get them, 101. I feel like I know every woman in Dallas. If I ain't hit it, one of my boys has. I meet at least three women every weekend. That's my quota, and that's only my effort. Add in the bonus two to three hookups every weekend that I get, and I'm not getting any rest. My crew has a network going. I meet a chick. She got to have at least one cute friend. I alley-oop that cute friend to my homeboy. Then he tosses me back an assist the next weekend. I am only doing a third of the work. I got two homeboys that roll tight with me. We actually keep track of how many assists we have tossed each other. Then we start having happy hours and house parties. I don't even have to take women out on dates anymore. I don't even spend money on women. That's when your game is tight, when you don't have to come out the pocket and you still pulling them. I meet them at happy hour. I invite them to the house party. I take them to the after party at my spot. My confidence in my game has turned into arrogance. I can invite all my prospects to the same events. I spend 10 to 15 minutes apiece with each of them, and then I use the eeny, meeny, miny, mo technique to decide who gets the ever-so-coveted bonus round with your boy. The women start to pick up on my game, so they try to step up their game. They see me rapping around the room with other ladies, their competition, and their language changes. One minute they're talking about how they tired and they might leave early. The next minute they're talking about how much they want to take me home. I got grown women mean mugging each other five feet apart from each other. I pick up on their sneaky tactics, forcing me on a couch so they can sit on my lap, groping me as I walk by, asking me to go get them a drink so the other ladies can see me tender to them. Shoot, that's one of the reasons why I only chit-chat with someone interested in me for only 15 minutes. If I stay with them 20 minutes, they're going to ask me to buy them a drink or something. Then they start asking me to take them outside to get some fresh air so they can get me apart from the other ladies and get more than their allotted 15 minutes of time. Sneaky bitches. They have put themselves in a competition that they cannot win. I don't want any of them to win. I hate them all. All of you will lose because I lost. You can't outdo her. I know you're in a competition, but all you can do is do me. You women are trying to get me caught up again. Trick me and pull a switcheroo. I'm hip to your shenanigans. Y'all fooled me twice. Shame on me for allowing that to happen, but it won't happen again. When I'm not meeting women at free events, I'm inviting them back to the crib for dinner. They think I'm cooking for them. I'm cooking because I'm cheap and hungry. Spending $15 at the grocery store versus $50 at a restaurant is a no-brainer to me. I light some of those $2 candles from CVS and I put on any slow music that I just downloaded from the internet for free. And I'd have made a woman's day, if not the entire week. Including the cooking, a candlelight dinner, it only takes an additional 60 minutes to do setup. Then you get that little wine in them and it's a wrap. Fellas need to take heed and incorporate the candlelight dinner into how they get down with a woman. It is a major, major come up. They think it's a big deal, and like I said, you've only spent an additional 60 minutes. Don't save the candlelight dinner for a special occasion. Bust that move out on the first dinner date at the crib. It could be a Wednesday, whatever. It's too easy to do not to take full advantage of. That little extra time can bring you a whole night of pleasure. If you don't get to knock the boots, it's your fault, and you have to get my next book entitled, You Might As Well Be Gay. That same swag I had in Dallas, I carry with me on the road. On the road, if you're not a dime... I'm not hollering at you. You got to holler at me. 
I reserve my game for the coldest. You got to be one of the coldest in the vicinity when I'm in town for a couple days. So any dime that wants to get at me better get with hers with the quickness. Better two-step it on over here. I'm chilling at my man's birthday party in Houston and I take in the view a number one stunner. She banging bones with three dudes that are captivated by her presence at the table. They are so captivated that they're getting beat down. And she wins the game. And she slams the dominoes down hard. So hard, she done broke my man domino in two. Now, that's the type of woman I'm talking about. How you gonna be cute and slamming dominoes and playing that hard and whooping three other men? I play it cool because she blowing off these other suckers like a tornado. She's the type of woman who's shooting down all initial pursuers just because. So I'm not gonna pursue. I'm gonna play that friend role. Sneak in through the back door. And then once I get in... I'm going to switch it on her this time. So we exchange the numbers and the emails and all that. We email it back and forth. I show no interest. We are just advising each other on our own personal situations, cracking jokes and whatnot. I'm 32 years old. I have a five-year-old son from my marriage. I've been separated for about two years, and he's fighting a divorce. He just changed after we got married. Stopped caring, stopped trying, took me for granted, mistreated me, cheated, lied, just did whatever he wanted. He thought I was a cave woman or something, but I ain't no damn cave woman. I got my own money, and I don't need no man. I'm in Dallas occasionally on business, and I've seen you around before. You must come to Houston often. And that's how it all started. She's the first woman that I truly became friends with before we became lovers. And I really love Christina. I really, really do. She's my first serious relationship with an older woman. She teaches me things. Things that I didn't know I could do. Emotionally, mentally, physically, and of course, sexually. Women in their 30s do not play about their sex. They gots to have it. They gots to have it when they want it, how they want it, as many times as they want it, and for as long as they want it. She used to tell me, don't be coming to town with only three condoms. I learned that the hard way after being cussed out about it a few times. She is giving it to me and taking it from me like it's going out of style. I am the young man and she is wearing me out. She's flat out smarter than I am. Just more intelligent, quicker to the punch, sharper. She sees my lie coming a mile away, cuts through my bullshit and makes me get to the point. She's the driver of all our conversations. I feel cornered, overwhelmed, underprepared. I'm always nervous. I can't relax. I always feel the need to impress her. I always want to do something to make her say, wow, but I can't afford it. I'm playing in the major leagues with a minor league budget. I didn't even know my budget was minor league until I started talking to her. She wants all expensive stuff. She isn't trying to make me live above my means. It's just a way of life for her. It's the major leagues. She's used to the finer things in life. I'm not. Well, I thought I was, but this major league is killing my pocket. I have to find an angle. My angle is love. I'm going to love her. I'm going to give her something that no man has ever given to her before. I'm going to love her like no man has ever loved her. She's going to know I loved her. She's going to feel my love every day. I have to find different ways to express my love to her. I have to be creative. I have to be thoughtful, kind, gentle, caring, and understanding. All the things the average man isn't. Flowers all the time. Foot massages. Back rubs. When she comes in town, I cook. I take care of her. I, I take care of everything. I'm super attentive when she's here. What you need, boo, I got you. No tricks. No bullshit. No games. I am faithful, reliable, and available to her needs. I keep my phone by my side in case my baby calls me. I don't miss any of her calls. I don't care what I'm doing or where I'm at. I reach that phone before that last ring. 
I could be in the middle of a basketball game. If I hear my baby call, I'm stopping the game. Even at work, if my baby call, I'm shutting it all down. Nobody worrying about no damn job. This my woman. Hey, uh, Steven, uh, what about that report? And, uh, have, have you finished that project yet? Look, boss, this my woman. You have to shut the fuck up while I talk. Hey, baby, how's it going? Um, St- uh, Steven, excuse me? Shh. Shut the fuck up. If she wants to talk on the phone all night, then that's what we do. If she wants me to drive to Houston on a whim, then that's what I do. If she wants me to hop on the first flight in the morning, shoot, I buy new clothes at the mall when I get there. If she likes my haircut one way, it stays that way. If she likes the way my jeans fit, I buy only those jeans in different colors. If she likes the way I smell, I buy a case of her favorite smell good. Shoot, I'll drink it if it'll make me smell better for her. What she doesn't like about me, I change. I change me for her because I want her for me. So things are going well because I'm, I'm making a lot of sacrifices. I'm putting her first. I'm putting our relationship first. I'm all in. I am just what she needs at the right time. A man who makes her feel wanted. I meet the family. Everything is cool. I tell her I love her. I love you, girl. She tells me that, that she has fun with me. This statement confuses me. I've never loved a woman who didn't love me back. How can she not love me? Am I loving her to death? I don't understand. What did I do wrong? What can I do better? Is it about, is it is it me? Wait, hold up. Her divorce isn't final yet. She's looking for all this. She doesn't want all this. How could she not want all this? She just wants the attention and the affection. She don't want the love. She just wants to be dicked down and licked. Not the love. She doesn't want any more love. She doesn't want to change. We change. Down here from here. I realized that I destroyed us when I told her that I loved her. She wants out. I stay in. She breaks up with me, then calls back a few days later and we're back together. I am a yo-yo to her. I don't think it's on purpose. It's just the way things are. She breaks up. She calls back. She breaks up. She calls back. We get back together. I take her back every time. She pushes me away. I keep calling until she lets me back in. Things are smooth for a week or two. Then she wants out again. I beg. Yeah, man. I do it. I break down, man. I get down on bed to knee. I beg. It isn't like an occasional one-time beg either. There's consistent begging going on. I was I was out there bad. It's embarrassing. I give up my ass straight up. Please, baby, baby, please, baby, baby, please, baby, baby, please. I done scared her off. She already has too much emotional. She got she just got too much going on. She doesn't need this right now. She can't deal with me. She doesn't want my love. She doesn't want my long term. She wants today. Me loving her meant commitment and expectations. We've gone too far for her to continue. Plus, she's still kind of sort of married. She starts lying. Lying about where she is. Lying about where she's going. Lying about who she's going with. Bold-faced lies. She starts talking about how she hates men. Delivers the all men ain't shit speech. I'm co-signing like, yeah, we ain't shit. She talks about how she'll never get married again. How she doesn't want to have any more kids. I chalk it all up to frustration. She's mad at her situation. Not about getting a divorce. Analyzing, you know, stuff like that. She's just tired. I want to stick it out with her. I want to be there when she comes out of her depression. I want her for me. It doesn't matter that she doesn't want me for her. I believe in my heart that one day she will. After all, what's not to love about me? I still got my swag even though I'm begging. We find ourselves in an endless cycle of breaking up and making up every single week. She's mad at men because of what her ex-husband's putting her through. I've been swallowing my pride for months and she's slowly tearing me down, wearing me down. I start to back off. I start to get it. I I, I can't make her be with me. I partially regret just a little bit of my dignity. I get back some of my respect. I reacquire my pride and give her some space. 
one or two phone calls a week, a couple emails. It's killing me not to be able to talk to Christina every day like I'm used to. But it's not my decision. I've given her my best shot, given her all I had. I start to come to terms with the fact that Christina is just not ready for a relationship. Even though I had good intentions, I had become a part of the problem. I just laid too much on her. If I had not told her I loved her, if I had not told her that I loved her, maybe I would not have lost her. She needs some time. She tells me I'm a great guy and I deserve better and that I'm wonderful and I'll be a wonderful husband one day. You know, the old it's not you is me speech. Surely the times that I've given this speech to the hearts that I've broken in the past, surely they did not think that this is as much bullshit as I think Christina's feeding me right now. This is some bullshit, man. Seven months later, I'm still waiting on Christina to take me back. When it dawns on me, man, that heifer ain't coming back. I was her rebound guy. Being the rebound guy sucks. She got me. I vow never to be anyone's rebound guy again. It's truly unbelievable. I bet Christina woke up one day a long, long time ago and decided that I was not right for her. For whatever reason. Doesn't matter. No rhyme or reason or logic. She woke up one day and said to herself, I don't love James. Maybe she thought she loved me for a little while. Maybe she felt my love for her a little bit. Maybe me loving her was all she needed at that time. She just needed to feel loved. Now, she no longer needs that feeling. She lost that loving feeling. She lost that. Okay, I can't say. I had nursed her back to full strength and she tossed me to the side. She basically used me. She wanted me to love her because the last guy didn't. What is crazy is I knew it. I felt it. I knew it. I knew she was too good to be true. I knew that she would leave me one day. I don't know why I didn't leave her first. I ignored all the signs. She was going through a bad divorce. She told me she hated men. She told me that she'd never trust men again. She told me that she never wanted to get married again. She told me that she didn't want to have any more kids. All the opposite of things I wanted. That's all the information I needed to know, right? This is clearly a case of leave this chick alone, right? Because I wanted to get married. I wanted to have kids. I love women. I love this woman. Why is it the ones that don't love us, we choose to love them the hardest? It's like, like, like not, not only are we going to change them, we're going to make them love us. Like, we're going to love them so much that they're going to say to us, damn, you love me so much, I love you too. Let's be together. If I had two personalities, one, of course, would be saying, stay, don't go, she's coming back. The other one will be smoking a cigarette, sipping Crown and Coke, and laughing at my dumb ass. And agreeing with personality one in a condescending tone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's stay and wait on a woman that don't want us. Yeah, that's smart. Let's do that. Let's just hang out and wait. When it dawns on you that you're the rebound, when you finally figure it all out and you're convinced that you are the rebound, you stay longer. Because now you feel stupid. And you're trying to prove to your own conscience that you're not the rebound. Then you try and go and get advice from a friend, but you don't tell your friend all the info. You leave out just enough info for your friend to advise you to be patient and to be strong. You leave out important stuff like she has a new boyfriend and she tells you that she's not giving you that money back. I was Christina's rebound because she couldn't love me. She had no room for love in her heart. She only had hatred for her ex-husband. She could not allow herself to dream, to imagine, to feel, to wonder, to consider, to open up, to open up to me or to us. She could not provide a man with an opportunity to hurt her. I remember that as times got rough, I became even more dedicated. She was running. I would chase her. 
She would give five reasons why we could not be together. I would give 10 reasons why we could. All 10 of my reasons were all 10 sacrifices that I would gladly make. She was mine. She was for me. She had my heart. I pursued her relentlessly. The more she wanted to leave, the more I wanted her to stay. I would risk everything to have her. I had to have her. I loved her. I was her rebound. I loved her so much that I started praying for her to come back to me. I went and got religious. I would do anything. I would cry out to my father. Oh, Lord, if she's mine, would you please tell her? Funny how a desperate person can make anything support what he wants to support. I would pray for her to call me and she would call me as soon as I finished praying to talk about her new boyfriend. As I recall the on again, off again relationship with Christina, I can now see clearly the obvious problems. I'm telling you this so you can benefit from my experiences. So you don't have to get your heart broken like I did. If you're dating someone who's in the midst of a divorce, watch out. Listen to what the person says, not just what you wish the person would say. People tell you their intentions with what they say and what they don't say. In my case, Christina always told me what she wanted. She let me cater to her. We had a great time together, but she held herself back from me emotionally. If I had just been willing to listen to what she said and didn't say, I would have known a lot sooner than I did that she wasn't into me like I was into her. Have you ever been in a similar situation? Maybe you thought your love would be enough to compensate for the other person's lack of love for you. It doesn't work like that. A person who's in the middle of a messy divorce or who has just come out of a long-term relationship is most likely not in a place emotionally to embrace you on any level. So don't waste your time. Don't waste your time hoping things will be different. Divorce Not Option Podcast, Stephen James Dixon, Tamara Glasby. Appreciate you guys listening. Episode 7 in the books. Got to listen to some more chapters of the audiobook, Men Don't Heal We Ho. To hear the whole audiobook, definitely you can get that um, copy on iTunes, Google Play. Um, same places, really, that you can subscribe to the podcast. Um, additionally, on podcast platforms, uh, I'm on Spotify now, so you can check for me there. You can subscribe to the podcast on SoundCloud, on YouTube, on iTunes, on Google Play. Please, please, please subscribe for us. That is how we generate revenue. That is how the marketing folks understand, you know, how many listeners we have and things of that nature. So I need you to subscribe. And what happens when you subscribe is you will automatically get a new message or an email or an update to your phone whenever I post a new podcast. So definitely, you definitely appreciate people um, doing that for me. God bless. Uh, Talk to you next week.